screen must be free with your host, Andrew McGuire. This is an episode of Viral Service, where we discuss customer service in the news. My knees are weak, my voice wobbly, my breath is coming hard and fast, and yet I can't catch it. My friends are behind me, pushing me, goading me, teasing me. Finally, I walk across that junior high gym, my 14-year-old voice cracking. I ask the prettiest girl in school to dance. She responds with the most horrifying, demoralizing way possible. Oh, no thank you. I'm dead. I died. I have ceased to be. Nail me to a perch and admire my plumage. It's no secret negative memories stick with us far longer than good memories. It makes a certain amount of sense biologically. We remember bad things so we avoid them in the future. Like how I never went to another school dance until prom. Or how you avoid that one restaurant because they had the nerve to slightly overcook your chicken. Most companies adopt a never-say-no philosophy. I even read an entire article on how no problem and no worries are not acceptable alternatives to your welcome because they include the word no. I'll discuss in another podcast why I think that's wrong. But on the surface, it makes sense. It's in line with the customer's always right. Now hold on. I feel a disturbance in the force, as if a thousand eyes just rolled at once. If you've worked in retail or service, which I generally assume you do if you're listening to this, that phrase causes an immediate response. Obviously it's not true. The customer isn't always right, and you can't always say yes. As such, let's talk about negative negativity, which is positivity because of math and algorithms! Here's a simple truth. Your store does not sell everything. Your restaurant likely doesn't have every ingredient known to man. You'd have to say no at some point in your career. So the question is, how do we say no, but do it in a positive way? The simplest way is to have an alternative solution in mind when saying no. Unfortunately, I can't do this, but I can do X, Y, Z. This is an important skill, and I would argue much easier if you empower yourself and your associates. We'll talk a little bit more of that on another podcast. But broad strokes, if you're a manager, please ensure you're giving associates the tools they need to assist the customer. And if you're an associate, ask what tools you have at your disposal. An example is a customer asking if you have another item in the back because the one on the floor is slightly damaged. You can go check and you can find you don't have it, but you certainly wouldn't tell the customer, no, now scram, my stories are on, like a grandpa scolding a child for asking for cookies for dinner. You could, if empowered, say something more to the effect of, Unfortunately, I do not have another one of those, but I can take 10% off this piece. This gives the customer both the answer and an option. It also shows you're ready with the solution. Another eye-rolling thing, the customer leaves happy. Who comes up with this stuff, man? Unfortunately, the customer won't always leave happy. But if they believe you've done everything in your power possible to help them, they probably will leave satisfied. I found customers are more interested in you trying to help them than being able to. If you do solve the problem, even better. But if not, be ready to show you've done everything you can. Another positive alternative to saying no is a bit tougher, but is essential to excellence in customer service. Going beyond. Another axiom, under-promise, over-deliver. Cover why I hate that later on, too. But for now, let's take it at face value. A better way of saying under-promise is to not over-promise. That a promise is a known. I promise to try to solve this. I'm not promising I can. I promise I will do XYZ, then do XYZ. If XYZ solves the problem, then there will be much rejoicing. Yay! 
There are customers who won't take no for an answer and don't want an alternative. These are some of the most frustrating customers, but also highly rewarding to serve because making them happy takes creativity, hard work, and a little finesse. One such customer was Jessica. Jessica had bought a patio set about a year before, and the chairs had rusted. She wanted replacement chairs for the set. She called our store and spoke to our service desk associate. The call quickly transferred to myself, with the added note that the customer was a tough cookie. When I picked up, I was greeted with a forceful story of how our service desk associate had refused to help her and she just wanted replacement chairs. I apologized and asked if she had the name of the patio set or at least an item number. Luckily, she had the name of the set, Ashford set. I knew that set. I owned that set. It was also at least six years old. My associate hadn't refused to help her. She just didn't know how. How can we make chairs from a six-year-old set materialize? Now, this is part of the process where, if possible, you take the customer's name and number and call them back. Never leave a customer on hold for too long. That hold music is enough to drive any of us to drink. I'm not really sure if they tried to make it so non-offensive that it circled back to grading, or if they make it deliberately bad so you have to hang up. Either way, not the point. Or is it? No? See what I did? I said no. Are you offended? I decided to do some research, and through much calling and emailing and checking inventories, I was able to track down chairs in a store about 1,500 miles away. They were able to FedEx them, and they arrived roughly two weeks later. Mind you, this customer called me every day to see if they had arrived, and I'm not sure about you, but trusting others can be tough when I promise something I deliver. Having told the customer they were coming, the ball was in my court to get it done. And if they didn't show up, I would have to say no and break a promise, which is the worst service one can give. But utilizing negative negativity and empathy, I was able to keep Jessica calm long enough for the chairs to arrive. Now that's a bit of an extreme example, sure. But I've also driven across three states to get an item for customers. Okay, one of them was Rhode Island, so it's like two and a half states maybe, but exceeding expectations in delivering customer service is done through negative negativity by saying, yes, I can. The last story is an example of where things went right, but let's discuss what happens when things go wrong, when you say no without offering a solution. It's a tale as old as time, and it starts with a man, a generator, and a negative interaction with an employee. If this were a badly written movie as opposed to just a badly written podcast, the opening scene would be an elderly man being dragged away from a Home Depot in handcuffs by two upset officers. A screen would freeze and a voiceover would say, This is me and I bet you're wondering how I got here. The screen would fade and the text would come up six months earlier. In Westerly, Rhode Island, a man by the name of Edward Hayden took a no very personally. Mr. Hayden had bought a generator at a Home Depot and when he got home, the generator didn't work. Having been in the machinist business for a while, the 90-year-old man was able to quickly note oil had been put in the gas tank, which I'm sure you know is bad because uh, something, uh, machine, um, uh, I don't know, I'm a customer service rep, not a machine guy. I can't even do the robot. Mr. Hayden promptly brought the generator into the Home Depot, asked for it to be repaired. They agreed, and he would return in a few days to pick it up. The end. Okay, obviously not. I promised you cops and an arrest. Somewhere along the line, it was never communicated to Mr. Hayden that they would be mailing his generator to a repair facility out of the state. They would also be charging him $200 for the repairs. This was a breakdown of open communication, which I'll discuss later on. Mr. Hayden obviously was not excited about this development. The manager claimed he had used it and voided the warranty. Hayden argued that he hadn't because it wouldn't start, which is why he needed it to be repaired. So he asked for his generator back, unrepaired, and was told no. Now, this little tug-of-war went on for six months. Hayden called almost daily to get his generator back from the store, or at least his money back. 
Meanwhile, the store kept demanding $200 for it, denying a refund. Back and forth, back and forth. Now I understand $200 is a decent chunk of change to lose from a store, but let's talk about how little it is when compared to the bad press this type of story generates. This was a story published in the Providence Journal, was picked up by the USA Today, and shared among other sites and social media. Way over $200 worth of negative press. Having had enough, Hayden did the one thing he could. He got up on a brisk autumn day. The sun was reflecting off the frost-tinged trees. The day before Thanksgiving, mind you. He got up in his pickup truck, stopped for a coffee and newspaper, and drove to Home Depot. He drove up to the doors and parked. Close enough that no carriages could pass in or out. He told every customer that walked by willing to listen how he had been taken for a ride by the store, warning them to be careful flimflams. He was only there for 20 minutes. That's where the police come in. Hayden was pulled from his truck and arrested for disturbing the peace. Now, Hayden had the charges dropped after donating $150 to a local animal shelter. He kept calling until reaching a Pam Weaver, a representative for Home Depot. He once again explained the situation, this time having the added benefit of a news story. He and Pam were able to work it out. He had a brand new, never-before-used generator FedExed to his door the following day. Pam said yes when everyone else had said no. All those man hours, all that bad press, the cost of a new generator and shipping it, over $200. It's easy to say never say no. The truth is there will be times you have to, which we'll talk about next time. But the long of the short of it is, saying no is a last resort, especially when most requests are simple to accommodate. Why risk negative feedback, negative press, and potentially large losses for something at the end of the day is insignificant to the bottom line.